This is Season 1, Episode 3. In this episode, I'm going to help you create more balance in being organized and focused with work as well as your personal life. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. So now that you've had a bit of help with getting organized so you can focus from episode two of season one of the Simplify Multiply show, it's now time to work on the personal side as well. So when we look at work-life balance, as cliche as it is, it is critical for solopreneurs. Why? Because everything hinges on your ability to perform and perform with quality and quantity. That's not just work, that's health, education, growth, friendships, it's family time, it's enjoyment and leisure, all of the things that make life well-rounded. And when you're doing your solopreneur work, what you're going to find is that it's a little bit more of a challenge because, I don't know about you, but for me, I am constantly thinking about my business, thinking about ways I can grow it, I can do more things, I can help my clients more, I think about opportunities where I can actually expand certain products and services or do different things where I'm actually bringing more value or even simplifying my own products so it's easier on me. So with my mind constantly churning, it really takes me a little bit of time to actually disengage with that. Now, for a lot of other people who are not solopreneurs, when they've got the the job where they basically show up and punch uh, a clock, and not to minimize the J-O-B people, <laughs> I really want to distinguish the mental stress that comes with having your own business versus working for someone. So it's a little easier, and I'm only relating to my own personal experience and what people have shared with me who have had jobs and are now doing solopreneur work, whether it's a side hustle or whether it's a full-time thing. And they definitely notice a difference, as did I, from when I basically would show up at my job and do my work. Not that I didn't care, but I literally, when I left that that building or when I came home from work, unless there was something that was uh, bothering me about my job, like something was, was done wrong or a manager didn't give me the proper acknowledgement for a project that I wanted, you know, that mental stuff that you get all wrapped around the axle about. Otherwise, I'd come home and I'd be like, hey, what can I do creatively at home or what can I work on? You know, so it was almost like I always had this undercurrent of things that I did for myself that were so much more enjoyable than my J-O-B. 
And when you're a solopreneur, that J-O-B is your life and it is your business. And it's something that you're passionate about, especially if it's something that is creative or really brings out your natural gifts and abilities. And when that's going on, everything else can kind of take a back seat to it. Your family can take a back seat. Your uh, relationships with your friends, your spouse can take a back seat. And so a solopreneur has got to work extra hard to create that intentional balance in their life. So they have good things going on on all fronts, that it's not just, I'm so stressed out about my job, you know, my, my, here I am using the word job when really it's a solopreneur. It is not a job, it's life. And things are going on. I've got all these things I need to juggle and do. And I'm excited about a lot of things. On another, on another front, I've got a lot to do and get, you know, as far as delivering results for my clients. So there's a lot of things going on. And depending on where you're at in your business, you could be dealing with not enough work. You could be dealing with too much work where you need to actually start building a small team or outsource some of your work so you can actually get it done and delivered on time. And every Everything in between. And when you're working in an environment like that, it impacts all areas of your life. I know it it did for me for, for many years. When I used to leave my job and come home and have that kind of like disengagement, I don't really do that. And for a lot of solopreneurs, including myself, working from home makes your work everywhere. It's easy to, when you're at home, like maybe a Saturday or a Sunday when normally you wouldn't be working, you know what, I think I'm going to sit down at the computer and get a little, you know, jump start on this one project I'm working on for a client. It's very tempting to do that. And I find myself working on weekends quite a bit, partially because a lot of times I don't have plans. You know, like if my boyfriend's out of town or whatever, and I've got like a nice weekend, I can get caught up on some work. I take advantage of it and I let myself do that. But there are other times where it's just, I just want to get ahead and I just want to catch up. (laughs) Plus, I really enjoy what I do. I wanted to really kind of set the stage for what it's like being a solopreneur. And when we have our business front and center 24-7, we sometimes can forget about the other aspects of our life that are so important. And it is important to have this kind of balance because a lot of us, The reason we went into business for ourselves was to create more work-life balance. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that said they want to spend more time with their kids. So if they're sitting in traffic commuting to their job or if they're stuck at the office working on a project late, they don't get to have time with their children because they're dealing with the J-O-B responsibilities. One of the things that does come so wonderfully with being a solopreneur is that freedom. You get freedom to not only run the business the way you want, but also how you can manage your time. And it's a double-edged sword because solopreneurs can get caught up in either too much work or not enough focus on work so their pipeline dries up. Bringing in the right amount of time for the work you're doing as a solo and then also giving yourself time to do the things that really also bring joy and texture and variety into your life. I'm going to go through a couple of things that I do that really help me create that balance and hopefully that's something that can inspire you And then at the end, I'm going to have an actionable that will help you really kind of step back and look at your activity that you're doing 
to evaluate how much balance you do have and find areas and gaps that you can actually close or change so you have more balance and just have more overall happiness, which is really what it's all about. The first thing in the research that I did in coming up with this podcast was about the work-life balance. I found time and time again the comments around scheduling and working less. And I thought that was kind of fascinating. So the first thing I came across was this Forbes article that talked about a study where working less actually increases productivity. Now, you can take that literally, go to the extreme of like the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week. But the way I kind of look at that is I look at the way I execute things because, as you know, I'm a creative, so I spend a lot of my time not just coaching clients and doing strategies for marketing and building their business, but I also actually sit at the computer and I copyright and I build websites and I do all kinds of things. I I work closely with my team to help get all of this content done and the design done, and I love it. But here's the thing. I am such a perfectionist and I take such pride in the work that I do, the quality of it, that I will actually spend much more time than I need to perfecting something when really I should just do my first draft, get it out the door, get it in front of the client and then work it from there. And I've learned to do that now. And here's the thing I realized about perfectionism and you know the way I used to work. I realize that I have got so much experience and so much talent and capability that I need to trust that more. So that first draft that comes out actually is a really strong draft. And because I've been working in this business or this industry for so many decades, literally, I mean, for 30 plus years, I've been doing this type of work. I have got to remind myself that I've really done a lot of things and I'm really good at what I do. I don't want to sound arrogant or like I'm bragging, but I want you to also do the same thing. The work that you do, if you're a solopreneur, if you came out of corporate and started your own business and you've got 10, 20, maybe 30 years like me experience behind you, trust that that experience actually is all you need to get that job done and to make that work actually really powerful the first time you get it out. So this is really important stuff to understand when you're looking at working less. So when I took a look at what I was doing, I was really blowing out, spending way too much time on things when I knew that I could just bang it out, get a first draft out and get it done. Since I've been doing that, It's so much better because I can spend the time that I need to, the more thoughtful time, the more quiet time, just reflecting and researching and listening to clients and taking that and trusting my intuition to actually birth a beautiful strategy or creative piece for them so it really works for their business. And since I've been doing that, not only is my work improved, but I have been actually more productive. So when you look at working less, and increasing your productivity, look at it from that perspective. What can you do to actually just shorten the span of time that it takes for you to actually 
produce something. And this might not work for everything. There are some things that we do need to spend time with. We don't want to half-ass things. We don't want to do things that are not of quality and not what our clients actually expect from us. Because there's enough people out there that are doing that kind of work and we don't want to be them, right? We want to be the quality expert that provides the solutions that really drive results. And here's the other thing. It's also okay to take what you've gotten and produce something and really just be okay with it. You just have to be okay with it. And I think that was the hardest thing for me as a recovering perfectionist to get over. It's like, be okay with it. You created something awesome. Trust in your lifelong experience. Now, the next thing that I discovered that's along the same lines in my research that people say about creating balance is scheduling everything. And I talked a little bit about this in the last podcast where I talked about organization and focus. And when you block out time, you're not only more organized and able to focus and dedicate set amounts of time to work and other activities. If you know in advance that you've got these things going on, it actually calms you in the present moment and allows you to be more present. I mean, how many times do you worry about, oh, geez, I got to do this tomorrow. I got to do that. I got to work on this project. I got to call this guy back. You know, all of these little things are just percolating around in your brain and they're causing stress because they're distractions mentally and they keep you from being focused in the moment. So when you use a planner or a calendar, whether it's, you know, on the computer or it's a physical planner, like I use my Franklin planner religiously, and schedule everything out. And that way, you know exactly what you're going to be working on. And you don't have to worry about stuff. You know you're going to get it done. Don't just make a list of things. Actually schedule it out. So if you have a task that you need to do, like you need to, the coffee maker needs to have it cleaned with the the descaler or whatever, which takes, you know, a half an hour. Well, block out a half an hour and actually go and descale your coffee maker. I mean, it's that simple. When you schedule things, you are much more open to see where there are opportunities to do some of the things that you just can't get to. And this is what's great about scheduling things. And do it the way that works for you. Create a list but then take that list and put it actually against your calendar. If you want to do something, you can set aside time for it. Now, will you have to do this every single day moving forward? Maybe not. Maybe it's a way that you can actually approach it from the standpoint of adjusting behavior a little bit. So if you are constantly finding yourself feeling overwhelmed, feeling like you're not getting the things done that you need to get done or that you want to get done, like little household chores or, you know, doing things that you just keep putting off like, oh, I got to go to Home Depot and pick up that blah, blah thing or whatever. Just make sure that you actually schedule it because it'll get done and it'll free your brain from all of that stress of worrying, of trying to mentally remind yourself not to forget things. And it just makes things so much easier. Now, when you're looking at balance, one of the things that I often struggled with was asking for help. 
And sometimes you deal with things in life that you need to actually ask for help. Now, that ranges a whole spectrum, whether it's literally asking for help when you're reaching out like to a spouse or a best friend for consoling or just the opportunity to maybe vent a little and say, you know, oh, God, I'm dealing with this situation. You know, what would you do? You know, get advice and things like that. And then there's the other side, which is more business focused, where you need help with your workload. So if you're super, super busy and you're just not getting stuff done because, well, you're a solopreneur, so you're kind of doing it all, right? What can you look at delegating or outsourcing? Do you need to hire someone part-time? Do you need to get a virtual assistant to help you with planning your travel if you travel a lot to service your clients? These are some of the things that you can do regarding asking for help. Now, in this last episode, episode two of season one, I talked about delegating, eliminating, things like that to actually give yourself more organization so you can focus. This is one of those things where when you ask for help, it actually allows you to give yourself permission where someone else could actually take some of that off your plate. Now, last year, I actually had to ask for help and it was hard for me, but I was so fortunate that I have my boyfriend, Doug, to be there for me and to support me when I need pretty much anything. And I actually was having some health issues, ended up having heart surgery last year. Well, when you're a solopreneur, everything falls on your shoulders. So if you have to be out of commission, whether it's for a day or a week or even longer, that can totally impact your business in a, in a bad way. And you need to make sure that you've got the right people in place or very understanding clients that you can take time away from your business and focus on what needs to be dealt with. In my situation, I was having heart issues. It was a genetic uh, arrhythmia that I was having, and I actually ended up having to go and have surgery. And I had surgery. I was in the hospital for three days, and my boyfriend literally took care of me. He came and stayed with me in the hospital. He took care of me before and after. He would take me to and from the hospital, doctor's appointments, etc. And he helped me recover after I was discharged. If I didn't have that help, I don't know what I would have done. Having the mental outlook where it's like, sometimes you got to rely on people to actually help you along. And I've always been a very independent person. So that's been an area that has been a struggle for me that I'm not naturally one to go and say, please help me. And that's true for a lot of people. And if you actually have a good support structure around you, whether it's people on your team in your business, or whether it's you've got a really strong family structure, spouse, kids, parents, whatever, siblings, friends that help you when you need help, do not hesitate to ask for it when you really need it. And understand that people want to help you. If they love you, they want to help you. They want to be there for you. They want to support you. And they want to make sure that everything that you need is taken care of. But you have to ask. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. 
One of the things I hear from solopreneurs is that they sometimes feel a bit disconnected by the sheer nature of their work. What they long for is peer-to-peer -peer camaraderie, support, and the sharing of ideas with other solopreneurs. I know it can be a bit lonely when you're working from your home office or traveling by yourself serving your clients. When I created Simplify and Multiply, I wanted to change that. I wanted to create a place where solos could gather, share ideas, as well as challenges with others who understand what it's like to be a solopreneur. Well, that's what you'll find at the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. Although it's free to be part of the Peer Club, you do need to be a solopreneur to join. Head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and learn more about this community and how it will benefit your soul as well as your business. Again, that's simplifyandmultiply.com to learn more. Well, the next one is one of my favorite topics, and that's laughter and fun. And you know, we all love to have a good belly laugh, right? <laughs> and it does wonders for our stress level and our body chemistry. I mean, it changes our body chemistry, laughter does. And our overall psyche is so improved when we allow ourselves to laugh, to have fun, to not take things so seriously. And I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, I have a very strong habit of taking things way too seriously. Because as I was saying before, how I was such a perfectionist, I really wanted everything to be great and all my clients to be super happy and all this stuff. And I was constantly <laughs> really just so taking everything so seriously. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. It's just a brochure. You know, it's like, uh, yes, the typo went out. I can remember my friend Drew back when I worked, when I worked at Marriott and he was so funny. He was talking about this brochure project they were working on. And he said, oh my God, they were getting so lathered up about this one brochure. And there was really nothing wrong with it. It was just, they were going back and forth over some silly thing. And he's like, people, it's just a brochure. And ever since then, <laughs> it always sticks in my head. Whenever I catch myself getting a little too wrapped around the axle about something and getting too serious about it, I'm like, it's just a brochure. <laughs> and I remember that story and it always makes me laugh. And it's so important to have laughter and fun in what you do. And I'm telling you what, people with J-O-Bs often don't laugh as much as people in their own business. And I believe that that's directly correlated to the fact that we get to work on projects that are fun, that involve our talents, our natural abilities, our passions. And when you get to work on things that are your passion and you get real, like for me, I get so excited when I get to like work on a new book or when I get to create a really sexy website or I come up with a strategy with some branding that just like makes that client go, oh my God, this is so awesome. I can't believe what you came up with. This is fabulous. I just love all of that stuff. And when you get to do the things that you love to do and you feel that much more fulfillment and satisfaction from your work, it's much easier to have levity and have laughter and fun in your everyday activity. So remind yourself to find opportunities to give yourself a laugh. You know, whether it's texting a funny animated gift to a friend to brighten their day or hitting up YouTube for some outtakes of a comedy you love, whatever it is, do something that's going to make you laugh 
or just make you have some fun. A lot of times I'll go out and hang out with a friend that's like super fun. I have this one friend, her name's Cheryl, and she and I met years ago when we both worked at the Orlando Sentinel newspaper. And we hit it off from day one. And they used to call us the Google Girls because every time we'd hang out together, we'd have something that we were laughing about. And it was usually something really dumb, you know, like the way a picture was hung or what somebody said. And we just thought it was just so funny or we made it funny or something a a bird was doing in a tree. Animals were always the source of a lot of laughter. I remember this one time we were out having a beer together. This wasn't too long ago. I grabbed my camera and we had our glasses and I got the camera and I put it to do a selfie of both of us. And I held my glass up in front of my face and she did the same thing. And I took a picture and (laughs) it was the funniest picture, the way the light was reflecting in the glasses and our expressions. And it was just one of those priceless moments. We laughed about that for a good 20 minutes straight. And I mean, everybody at the bar was looking at us going, what is wrong with those people? (laughs) And to this day, when I send her that picture just to make her day, we both laugh. It's hilarious. So if get a friend that's fun and just when you're having a day that's like, oh, you know, you just need a break. Call that friend up, have a fun conversation, take them out for a drink, go shopping with them, whatever it is that you do that's fun and enjoyable, and get out there and laugh. And believe me, it will just lighten your burden. It'll make you feel so much better and it'll add that much more enjoyment to the day you're having and the week you're having. Now, the next one that I do on a religious basis is appreciation. Now, you may call it gratitude, whatever floats your boat. I like to use the word appreciation because I feel it's a more pure sense of the energy I'm trying to capture. And you can appreciate anything. And that's what I like about the difference between appreciation and gratitude. So if you're walking down the street and you see like one of those giant bumblebees just kind of working his way around a flower, you can stop and have a moment of appreciation of witnessing that, of seeing the beauty of that and the natural essence of what is happening in that moment. And gratitude is more about like kind of overcoming something. So you may not notice everyday mundane things and have a sense of appreciation for them when you focus on gratitude as opposed to appreciation. So that's just my little nuance around that. But regardless, whether you're doing gratitude or whether you're doing appreciation, it has a beautiful healing property to your energy, to your attitude and your mindset. And I have a section in my Franklin Planner every morning I'll get up or whenever and I'll just sit and I'll write about all the things I appreciate. If I can't think of anything, I make stuff up. Like, I appreciate that I actually got up this morning, that my heart is still beating, that I I had a successful heart surgery and I'm good now. I'm able to do the things that I want to do in my life. I appreciate that I had a hot shower and <laughs> I had soap and <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So you can always find things to appreciate about your life, about the people in your life, about the fact that you get to have your own business and do what you love to do every single day. I mean, there are so many people out there that are miserable in their jobs or in their relationships or in their house, whatever it is, they're miserable and they all they do is complain. And here we are having the opportunity 
any of us, all of us have the opportunity to stop and shift and appreciate what we do have and appreciate the fact that we're on a journey, that life is continually unfolding and allowing us to expand and grow and learn and experience. And it's just one big, hot, beautiful mess. And that's what I love about appreciation. So if there's any way that you can incorporate some form of appreciation or gratitude exercise into your day, when you're doing these gratitude appreciation exercises, whether you're just writing or whether you're recording something or whether you're just thinking about it, the best way to do it that I've found is not to do it in order to, like to bring something about, like, oh, if I spend all this time doing all these gratitude lists, I'll make more money or I'll attract, you know, the perfect mate or whatever the thing is that you want. To do a pure appreciation and pure gratitude is really just to acknowledge what is wonderful and what you love in your life. And just leave it at that. Don't make it a mechanism to actually draw something into your experience. Let it be what it is because the benefit will be much greater if you do. Another thing that I like to do, especially on days when I'm really kind of feeling kind of cranky and a little complainy and, you know, kind of get up on the wrong side of the bed type of a day, is I will do something good for a stranger or I'll do something good for a friend. And not in order to achieve any outcome or a pat on the back or a thank you or, oh my God, that was so awesome. I will just do it because I need to realize that I am in such a great place and I have so many wonderful things in my life. And there are other people that are really struggling. Here I am complaining about something that's really stupid. And there are other people that are dealing with things that are much heavier and much worse. And I know I've had some tough times in my life too, so I know what it's like. And when you can do something good for a friend or even just a charity near and dear to your heart, it really has a benefit for you because it makes you adjust your perspective and just see that it's not all about you. It's about the world and about everything that we're all experiencing together. So I always like to add that in there. It's like, just see an opportunity where you can do something good. It doesn't need to be anything major. I mean, you know, just like helping a senior citizen with their groceries in their car or pushing a cart back uh, that's maybe rolling around in the parking lot so it doesn't ding a vehicle little things like that and make that just part of your day-to-day living that you're out there doing these little good deeds and it just makes you feel good all over and that's that's one thing that i like to do another thing that i see people doing when they are especially with solopreneurs because a lot of us we don't have that that interaction with others to give us feedback on things and so a lot of times we get a little hard on ourselves like for example if you know your business is kind of slumped off and you're not getting a lot of new clients or new orders and you are starting to worry about your business like oh crap you know what's going to happen it's very easy to get down on yourself and say oh you know i suck i'm not good enough you know that whole diatribe that goes on in your head which is from childhood conditioning well that's not going to do any good so what you need to do is give yourself a break and reward yourself for building the business that you've built, for doing the work that you've been doing, for working hard and delivering real value and real results to your clients. These are really important things to continually 
acknowledge yourself for when you're a solopreneur. Not enough of that happens. And I just want to remind all of my solopreneurs out there to do more of this. Because when I work with a lot of my clients, I love giving encouragement. I love building them up. I love, you know, just having a conversation with them that helps their confidence, that helps them see that they're pretty amazing and they are doing really good and that everything is going to work out. I love having those conversations because I feel their change and their shift. I I hear their happiness return to their voice. And I feel better because I'm actually acknowledging them and appreciating them for who they are and how they're showing up for me. But there, you also need to do that for yourself. Like give yourself a pep talk, okay? And I'll just leave it at that because it's something that's very personal to you. And it's something that you need to work on in order to give yourself that personal like reflective feedback that can be really beneficial. Now to tag on the end of that, get perspective. Perspective is really, really important. So when you're looking at things you appreciate, doing something good, you know, giving yourself a break, rewarding yourself, that all helps perspective. But you also have to understand that there are so many other people out there that are doing similar work to you from the standpoint of, you know, running their own business, you know, a business of one where they're they're taking their talent and their capability and they're producing something that drives real value for their clients and customers. Those are things that we're all dealing with. This perspective allows you to see the impact that you're having. And I want you to really take a moment to look back over all of the past deals that you've had, all of the past projects that you've worked on, all of the clients' lives that you've changed, the positive impact that you've had. And that perspective is how I want you to look at your life moving forward. Because what you've accomplished has created the you of today. And every day that follows is going to be a different you, a more evolved you, a smarter you, a more patient you. And all of those things are super important. And when we get caught up looking at, oh my God, I got to get this thing done. And yeah, I got this goal over here I set for myself. And then I've got to take care of this over here with my family. When you're looking at balance and creating balance in your life, whether it's uh, just in your work or if it's everything in your life, having that perspective is so important. And when you look at the impact that you've had, not only just in your business, but also in your family, with your friends, in your community, the things that you're doing that really allow others to benefit, to grow, to be with you and share everything that you're going through is a beautiful perspective to have that creates a like, like a really super nice balance in your life. So give yourself that opportunity to look back and get perspective on what you've accomplished and where you're going. It's a wonderful, wonderful journey. Okay, so in the beginning, I said I'm going to have an actionable for you. And I love doing actionables because it really kind of brings all this home. Otherwise, it's just me pontificating over here, right? <laughs> and we don't want that. We want actually to have some practical, tactical things that we can do to improve our life and improve the way our business is going as a solopreneur. So the actionable I have for you is to make a list 
of all of the things you do in a week, ranging from, let's say, household chores to family time to getting together with friends, uh, your health, your well-being, to the things you do in your business, from prospecting to marketing to serving your clients, and associate time blocks with it so you can see where you're balanced. So for example, if you're spending like on Mondays from like nine to 11, you're on LinkedIn and you're reaching out to potential clients. And from, you know, 11 to one, you're doing some research for an article and you grab lunch and, you know, things like that. Block out that time so you can see visually where you're balanced or where your imbalanced is. Then what I want you to do is I want you to grade each activity with a smiley face or a frowny face, kind of like the Wong Baker faces pain rating scale. And I'll put a picture of that in the show notes for you so you can see what it looks like. But it's basically uh, the Wong Baker faces pain uh, rating scale is something that was developed for children to communicate their pain levels. So when they're in the hospital or whatever, they can just point to one of the little uh, faces that are on this spectrum. Put one of these little face smiley faces or frowny faces next to each activity. I want you to rate them based on the enjoyment that you get out of each activity. Now, these are things that when I say enjoyment, I mean like there may be something that's mundane or whatever. You can still extract enjoyment from something, okay? Once you're done, take a look at the faces. Wherever you have a frowny face, for example, how can you change that to a smile? Okay, so for example, if you're like, take my example of descaling my coffee maker. Okay, that's something that, yeah, I only do it maybe once every three months or so, but it's something I really don't like to do because I'm like, you know, <laughs> why do I have to descale this thing? It's like, what's wrong with the water? And, you know, like, why don't I get good? I mean, you could really go down that rabbit hole, right? What is it that I can do differently about that? I can think right now, okay, so I can make a list because it's a nice espresso coffee maker and it makes great coffee. And it's the best one I treated myself to at a couple holidays ago. And I love it. Part of taking care of this piece of equipment is I have to descale it. It's just the nature of the hard water where I live. I could take a total different tact with it. I could do all like a brief appreciation. I could just sit down and write about all the things that I enjoy around the experience of making my own coffee, from the money I save to just the, the enjoyment of smelling it as it's brewing, getting to actually take care of myself that way, have that lovely morning ritual where I get to enjoy this beautiful, you know, I get to pick out all the fancy coffee beans online and pick the ones I like, et cetera, et cetera. So you can see how I can kind of shift that frowny face, which makes it like a chore that you, you know, dread, you know, where that red light's blinking and blinking, you keep ignoring it because you don't want to do it. And then you can turn that into a smile. And even if it's not a smile, it can be, you know, maybe just a, a small smile, but anything that can improve it from a frowny face. So you can actually get more enjoyment and actually look forward to doing it. Another thing that you can look at doing is what can you do to delegate? So if you've got a frowny face on something, that you're doing that you just don't want to do anymore. For example, every now and again, I'll get 
a client who just out of the blue says, Terry, I need you to do that because they know I'm a creative and I'm basically their chief marketing officer that's outsourced. They're like, Terry, I need you to whip up this blah, blah, little graphic or something. It's like one of those little nitnoid side jobs that's so annoying and it distracts me off of like a larger project that I'm working on. And for me to find time to sit down and do like a 45 minute design or something or maybe longer, it kind of irks me. So sometimes those little like interruptions, I call them, will get a frowny face and they happen sporadically, you know, and and it's always at the wrong time. And so for me, delegating, I can delegate that to my designer team and I have them do it for me and I can stay focused on where I bring the greatest value. Another way you can change a frowny face into a smiley face is shifting your attitude about it. Now, the example I gave about descaling my coffee maker is a great example. I shifted my attitude by doing those couple of things with appreciation and just knowing that I really appreciate having that nice coffee maker and ability to make my own coffee. And then finally, it's like, well, maybe can you eliminate it? So if you have a a thing that you're doing that you really don't need to do, maybe you can just eliminate it. And then not only does it go away from your calendar, but the frowny face goes along with it. So it's another thing that you can look at. And these are the examples I gave in the last episode around organizing so you can have more focus. Now, take one or two items each week and do that adjustment. Take that, you know, either shift your attitude, delegate it, eliminate it, whatever it is to actually shift that frowny face into a smiley face or eliminate it altogether. Just do one or two a week. And it's it's a form of retraining your brain. And that's why you don't want to tackle all of them in the same time. And it may seem analytical, but it's actually the most powerful way to create more balance and see where the imbalances exist. So if you see like a lot of frowny faces on work-related stuff, that's where you need to really take a serious look at your business and either delegate things or change what you're doing, your products you're offering, so you're doing more of what you love to do. So for example, if, if you have bookkeeping or you have chasing after clients to get them to pay or doing RFPs or whatever it is that's more of an administrative thing that's not really using your best talent, get somebody to do that for you. Train somebody on your team to actually take that off your plate. And then those frowny faces totally go away. Not only do you have more time on your calendar, but you've got more smiley faces because you're doing more of what you love. See how that works? It's kind of a thing that I just came up with where you associate what you're doing with those smiley faces, the Wong Baker faces pain rating scale, because it doesn't have to be a physical pain. Like, you know, you're, you hurt your arm and you've got a physical pain. So you've got a frowny face. There are things that we do every day in life that actually will merit pain. And we want to avoid pain as much as possible. You know, pain shows us what our preferences are. So it has a purpose. We can't fully eliminate it from life because it is just part of what makes life magical because it allows us to show our evolution and improvement. Having pain, but using it as a positive tool for growth is where most of the power is going to lie. And it's completely up to you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. 
You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.